Hello, and welcome to another Q&A episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I am really excited to answer this question. And beforehand, just want to make a quick note that Waitlist is open for the Confident Eater group coaching program. This program, so this launch, if you are listening to this in June 2022, this is the only beta round I will be running, which means that you have the opportunity to get a huge discount and also offer in the moment feedback so that I can give you whatever it is you need in order to make sure that this is the best and the only group coaching program that you're ever going to need. Because my goal for you is to help you build that strong basis of self-trust in your relationship with food, build your knowledge base, and build your capacity to be flexible in your nutrition for the long term. And these, this, this program will teach you the six fundamental habit, habits to do that. And you've probably heard me say this before, but it, it is really life-changing. This is, these are sort of the six components that I see my most successful clients kind of learn and run with. And I've put this into a guided curriculum that each module sort of takes you through, hey, these are the concepts I need to learn. Now, here is how I actually apply this thing. And here are the continuous exercises that are going to help me maintain this in the long term. And the coaching aspect of it makes sure that whatever concerns you have, whatever struggles you have, we are able to address that so that you truly feel supported and actually learn to create that accountability and consistency for yourself in the long run, which I think is what is missing from a lot of programs. So I'm going to shut up about that. You can find whatever you need to sign up for the wait list or to listen to the episode, the podcast episode that talks about these six habits. You can find that in the show notes. You're always welcome to reach out to me uh, on Instagram or via email, also in the show notes. And with that, here is the question for this week, this week, this podcast, this episode. The question is, how does one build motivation? Question mark. And I could just answer this with one word, but I will not because you know that I like to be more wordy than that. And one word I think would not do this question justice, but that one word is action. We build motivation through action right? And this is where I think when we can, if we can pause for a second and think about when have you felt motivated? You may have felt motivated when you signed up for the gym. So when you took action to pay money to sign up for the gym, that was an action. When you wrote out a meal plan, you took action. When you signed up for coaching, this is something that's really interesting is many of my clients will sign up for a program of mine or sign up for coaching. And they're like, I feel so motivated. And the motivation didn't come because all of a sudden signing up for me is magic, which maybe it is magic, maybe I'm magic, who knows? But it's because they took action towards change. So the action builds motivation. Motivation is not this magic thing that all of a sudden appears. This is why we can often get stuck in a planning mode and not feel incredibly motivated, right? But I also want to dig deeper into this because there is an incredible theory of motivation that I love to discuss because I think it encompasses why we struggle with motivation. And I also want to talk about the two types of motivation that this theory sort of encompasses. And so we're going to talk a little bit about self-determination theory and why this is important for motivation and for understanding how to motivate yourself and how motivation works. But 
uh, I want to just talk, and you may have heard of this, you may know what intrinsic and extrinsic motivation are, but essentially we have two main types of motivation. We have intrinsic, which is motivation that comes from within you. So that is, you may be motivated to do something simply because of the pure enjoyment of the activity. You can be motivated to do something because it aligns with the things that are important to you. It aligns with your identity. It aligns with your values. In, you may be intrinsically motivated to do something because you see the inherent value of the action. And so intrinsic motivation comes from within you. Extrinsic motivation comes from external rewards. So external, external motivators. So that may be like compliments from others. That may be uh, not missing, you know, you have a personal trainer and you're extrinsically motivated because you don't want to let that person down. This is also why coaching is helpful because most of the time, if you're paying money for a coaching program, you are extrinsically motivated by that financial investment to not lose your investment, right? And so extrinsic motivators, I think sometimes in the fitness industry, we're like, we don't want to rely on extrinsic motivators. I disagree. I think extrinsic motivators can be really, really helpful. But if we are only relying on extrinsic motivators, we are going to see, it is going to be a lot harder to consistently stay motivated over time. Does that make sense? And so for, I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm extrinsically motivated by seeing the number go down on the scale. So if that is my extrinsic motivation, I step on the scale, I see the number. Anytime I don't see that number go down, that extrinsic motivator is gone because I am no longer motivated. Oh, the scale went down. That's reinforcing my motivation. However, if I am working towards weight loss because I'm not saying that all weight loss is healthy. Do not get me wrong. All weight loss is not healthy. Weight loss is not inherently healthy. Some weight loss is healthy. Some is not. Let's just make that clear. But let's say you are aiming to lose some body fat because it is going to benefit your health and health is important to you. And you, you see the value in things like maintaining a consistent exercise pattern or cooking your meals at home. And, and that aligns with who you are. You see the value in it, or perhaps you really enjoy cooking. That is an intrinsic motivator to continue to do the behaviors that move you towards that extrinsic thing. Does that make sense? So I want to talk a lot about just for a second, how we can shift from extrinsic to intrinsic. Because I think a lot of the time, especially in the industry that I'm in, I have lots of clients that come to me, not for weight loss, just to be very clear. I think that is clear. If you've been listening to my podcast, I have had clients that have come to me and have lost large amounts of weight for their health. I have clients that have come to me and just wanted to improve their relationship with food. And for some of them, that meant weight loss, for some meant weight gain, for some that meant just weight maintenance. So we can shift from extrinsic motivators to intrinsic. So for example, let's say you start keeping a food diary because you want to lose weight and keeping that food diary, you know, whether it's photos or, or writing it down, is helpful for you because you notice that when you do that, you see the scale go down. But you may shift that to intrinsic motivation because for you, getting curious about why you made certain choices around food or feeling, you know, feeling like keeping track of your nutrition aligns with an identity that you have for yourself as someone that values health, then you can shift that extrinsic to intrinsic. This is not to say that we need to be tracking our food forever or even tracking our food at all, but this is an example. Another example that I really like is let's say you sign up to go to the gym 
and you start going to the gym just because you don't want to miss your, you, you schedule with a personal trainer and you don't want to lose money. And so you start going because you are extrinsically motivated because you paid money for that personal trainer and you don't want to let them down and you don't want to lose your money. But as you go to the gym, you notice, oh, I feel awesome after I go to the gym or, oh my gosh, it feels so good to notice that I'm getting stronger. Then you can shift from purely extrinsic to intrinsic of like, I want to go to the gym because I feel great after I go to the gym, or I want to go to the gym because I love feeling stronger. Get what I mean? So also something to, to mention is that I imagine we're not, you know, with this question, how does one build motivation? We're also talking about more long-term motivation. Because I think that all of us have felt these short-term bursts of motivation, whether it's, oh my gosh, I have a deadline. I'm motivated to finish this thing right now. Or, you know, I have something that happens tomorrow. I'm motivated to do X, Y, Z really quickly. But usually what happens is we have a burst of motivation and then it kind of just like, it leaves. So when we're talking about sustained motivation over time in self-determination theory, we're talking about three things, competence, relatedness, and autonomy. And so competence is, do I feel like I'm doing well at the thing that I'm doing? Do I feel like I have the skills or the abilities that I need to do the thing that I want to do, right? Relatedness, does this connect me to a group? Does this connect me to an individual? Does this connect me to my own identity or my values? And then autonomy is, am I doing this of my own volition or am I doing this because I feel like I have to, right? And this is where agency comes in is if you feel like you are doing something of your own volition, that's a lot more motivating than feeling like I, I'm doing this because I have to do this. And so here's an example of kind of how competence, relatedness, and autonomy have to do with motivation. So for example, there is a big difference between meal prepping because you feel like that's what you have to do in order to lose weight so that you will fit into some dress for a wedding and then other people are going to compliment you. And so one, that's relying purely on extrinsic motivation. And two, it doesn't feel like it's your choice. So that's low autonomy. Or maybe you're setting the goal of meal prepping all week long, but you're not comfortable in the kitchen. Maybe you don't have great cooking skills or you, know, you don't know how to mix flavors or you, it's a new kitchen and you don't know how the oven works yet. So you're lacking what you need to feel competent. So if you feel incompetent, that's not very motivating, right? Or maybe you're meal prepping, but your family doesn't support you or they only wanna eat fast food. Maybe your friends joke about how weird it is that you wanna eat healthy, or maybe you're constantly telling yourself that you just hate cooking. So that can feel like a lack of relatedness to others or relatedness to your own identity. It's not very motivating to do something that does not align with either the group that we're in or who we identify ourselves to be. And so if we look at those three things, like if I want to build sustained motivation, I want to see how I can build competence, how I can build relatedness, and how I can build autonomy, right? And so some of that is simply changing the way that you frame what you're doing. So for example, and using this meal prepping example, just to be clear, you don't have to meal prep. This is simply an example. But say you tell yourself, I want to meal prep because it aligns with my identity, me seeing myself as a healthy person, for example. Or I want to meal prep because it's something that I want to do or I choose to do rather than something I feel like I have to do. That can really help with autonomy is simply shifting the language and, and the way that you see it. 
relatedness, this is something that is really, is really cool because with social media, with um, all of the like online coaching or in-person coaching um, with the millions of groups and different interests out there, maybe right now you don't have a group or you don't have someone that supports you. And so creating relatedness, whether by joining, maybe, you know, you join a meal prepping Facebook group, or maybe you start following people on Instagram that are inspiring and you see that other people are also doing that, that can help you with the relatedness part. Um, and I think the identity, you know, changing your identity is both autonomy and relatedness. Like I am doing this because this is who I believe I am. And also I feel more connected to myself and my beliefs and my goals because I'm doing this thing. And then competence is this is where so many people get slipped up or like slipped up when it comes to motivation. And that is setting unrealistic targets when you get started. And so we often think like, I'm feeling super motivated. I'm going to shoot for the stars, right? But what happens is long-term that actually shoots your motivation to the ground. And so this is where I love asking the question to my clients and to myself is on a scale of one to 10, how confident do I feel like I can do this thing? And if the answer is less than like an eight out of 10, it's probably too complicated and your competence probably feels low. And then you can ask yourself, and this is again, where a coach is really helpful. What skills, abilities, or tools do I need to increase that competence? Right? So just a couple things on motivation. And if you're like, okay, cool. Well, now what do I do? Like, what do I actually do to build motivation? Take small action smaller than you probably want to take. And then reinforce this for yourself. Reinforce how this fits in with who you are becoming or who you are. And this is why, again, like I mentioned before, often just signing up for coaching creates a feeling of motivation, even though you haven't actually done anything. Like you haven't actually changed anything about your nutrition, but you have taken action. You have put in a, a vote for, I am the type of person that gets coached or I'm the type of person that eats healthy. And so you are showing yourself that you are that person. And so I'm gonna use a, a really one quick last example is for going for a walk is something that's achievable. And maybe that leads to you doing you know, a long run in the future. But if you start off trying to run a 5K, you are going to feel incompetent. You're going to feel like maybe that doesn't fit in with your identity or who you believe you are. And maybe you don't know anybody that's a runner. And so reinforcing your own actions. So for example, I'm going to go for a walk, even though my goal is to run, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to reinforce why that is moving me in the direction of my goals. And don't wait for external results. Like, okay, I started running. So now I'm going to see the scale change. Don't wait for those external results to reinforce that what you're doing is a good thing. Connect yourself and the actions that you do to your values, to a coach, to other people. So for example, in the case of you know, walking and eventually wanting to run, getting started with a walking group, joining a Facebook group where others discuss their walking goals, that might be motivating in getting you to walk more or more consistently. And know that motivation does come through action. It's not magic. If you're struggling with motivation, take small action and make sure that you are intentionally reinforcing the positive behaviors that you want to do. 
if you want a little bit more on identity and how to start creating that identity and that relatedness with yourself and also autonomy, because I think they're very, very related is check out episode one of the Bite Size Nutrition podcast, where I talk all about how to work on your identity and creating an identity that supports the goals that you have. And know that, again, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, the Confident Eater is going to walk you through how to understand your goals, how to understand your values, and build that relatedness and that autonomy within yourself. So I've said this before, go ahead and check out the waitlist, get your name on it. You're going to find out more details and have a cool little challenge once you get on the waitlist to kind of get your mind moving in the right direction. And with that, my friends, I'm going to go drink some water because I've said a lot of words. And with that... Thank you for being here. Make sure to give this podcast a share if you like it. And also those of you that have left a rating, I really appreciate it. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, you can just leave a little rating. Um, Five stars if you like, less stars if you don't like, but if it's less stars, don't bother. And leave me a little rating because that's really cool. It helps other people find the podcast. So again, thank you so much.